You're listening to the Run Pain-Free Podcast. The authority in injury prevention and correction for runners. With running and athletic functional movement expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio. Hey guys, it is Jessica from Run Pain-Free. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. Today we are going to be talking about why running on a treadmill is hurting your body more than you know. So before we get into it, I got some things to talk about. We are definitely having big movements over here in Run Pain Free. We are global, we are national, and we really want to promote and help and encourage as many runners around the globe as possible to keep running, but more importantly, running out of pain and helping their peers with the information we give them. So we are having a masterclass on July 1st, 2019. So if you're listening to this after that, sorry you missed it, but we are having one on July 1st and go on over to runpainfreemasterclass.com for the information on how to register there. I also encourage you to please go on to runpainfreenow.com. That's our main site. And check out our ambassadors. All of our ambassadors have gone through several rounds of correction and I've done extensive case studies on their journeys with us from the moment they found us to where they're going and what their goals have become. And I really encourage you all to look at that because it's important for you to relate to other people. I know a lot of my clients say they feel ousted by their running groups or they feel like they don't belong anymore because they're injured and they can't deal with their friends that aren't injured and there's a lack of understanding. So our ambassadors really do represent what Run Pain Free represents and we have very specifically chosen them to be ambassadors. There's an entire process to be an ambassador. So I encourage you to go over to OnePainFreeNow.com and look at our ambassadors there. Also, our foam rolling series. We have a huge foam rolling series and that is at FoamRollingSecrets.com. Yes, these are all very specific places because we really want to help you specifically. So I encourage you to check out all of those sites and without further ado, let's get into this treadmill, also known as the dreadmill. So here's the thing. I know that the treadmill is a go-to for pretty much anybody who lives in a four season uh, climate or a colder climate or even a hot climate like Florida and Texas when you guys can't run outside anymore past a certain point. But the thing is you naturally shorten your stride on a treadmill. It's called proprioceptors. That's the awareness of your spacing around your body. And it's basically, the best way I can describe it if you don't really know what I'm saying, it's like your energy. Do you know how you can feel somebody looking at you even though you don't see them? It's kind of that idea, like your proprioceptors go firing and so you naturally shorten your stride because your body knows you're on a belt. So what happens is that you either start toe striking, you start to lack the hamstring extending, you have no glute action if your hamstring isn't extending because if your hamstring isn't extending, you're landing more on your mid or toe. Landing on your mid or toe is going to make you fire from your quad and your calf, not from your glute. Your glute can only fire when your hamstring is fully extended and you grab off through your heel using the full function of your foot and then pushing off your toe. So that's why when you'll hear me on my video saying, look at her open up, she's opening up, he's opening up, listen to his push off, that's what I'm talking about. Um, also, you'll start to quad run, which is like looking like you're doing a bunch of high knees in place. I'm sure you've seen those runners that are kind of very upright and almost leaning backward and like running with, with like a high knee action. That's what I call quad running. 
Um, the, um, then you'll have the overuse of the hamstring in a dysfunctional manner when it's specific to a runner. So every sport, the muscles have to be conditioned for that sport specifically. So a runner is the only sport that mimics basic human function. Basketball doesn't, gymnastics doesn't, dance doesn't, football doesn't, baseball doesn't, golf doesn't, boxing doesn't. None of that is normal human function. That's very specific to that sport. And those muscles have to be conditioned in a pattern that promotes that sport. So with running, when I'm correcting runners, I'm correcting baseline human mechanics and then I'm making your basic human mechanic strong. And I am creating a movement pattern that is strong and functional for daily life. So it's very different than when I work with like a football player or a basketball player. Yes, I still always start with human function first because if your human basic function is not operating, I'm never gonna condition your sport. That's just not gonna happen. You have to have basic stuff happening first before you can actually move on to doing um, excelled activities like going extra and doing the extra mile with your football or your basketball or whatever your sport is. So with running, it's so important because it's really the basic human, human mechanic for life. So runners specifically are really mechanically sound that come through my program because we're literally making them sound in the most basic human mechanic. So when you are running on a treadmill and you start to toe strike, you're not having full hamstring extension, your glute therefore isn't firing, you're starting to quad run, you're now literally pumping your hamstring. And the whole purpose of a hamstring in normal human mechanic is to assess extension and pull your leg back, snap, you know, snap the leg back, bend the knee so that the knee doesn't hyperextend, right? So if you're not able to fully extend your hamstring, you're actually starting to pump your hamstring in a manner that which, think about pumping a bike tire. When you get towards the end of filling up that tire with air, it gets very tough for you to press down that lever that you're pumping the air into the tire. That's pretty much exactly what happens to an overpumped hamstring, which is why I say nobody better ever be doing butt kicks that knows or has heard of or has seen anything of me and run pain free because butt kicks is the last thing that a marathon slash long distance runner should ever be doing. I'm gonna say that again, because if you've been in a running group, I can guarantee you've been doing butt kicks, okay? If your job to run is to have extended legs and to run for an extended period of time, then what purpose would standing in place, kicking your butt behind you actually do? Think about it. The body is logical. And if this doesn't make sense, it shouldn't be happening, okay? Now, track and field, high jumpers, hurdlers, absolutely. They need to pump and build their hamstrings in an explosive manner to launch themselves in a specific high anaerobic state. Running long distance is not anaerobic. Anaerobic meaning there's no oxygen involved, it's stop and go, stop and go, so like dancing is anaerobic. Um, very intense weightlifting where you're taking rest periods is anaerobic. Um, speed work is anaerobic. Those things are very specific to those sports, none of which translates to a marathon or long distance runner.
okay? I will be doing a, an entire podcast on speed work and resistance training because a lot of you guys don't really understand that or there's a lot of misconceptions because of that, I should say, rather. And you're only understanding what you're being told, which I get. So I'm going to do a podcast on that. So I, wanna, I don't want to get in it too much on this guy, but that's just the background of it. So when you're in it, now you're in a dysfunctional use of the hamstring as a long distance or marathon running athlete. And that's because you've now over pumped your hamstring by not fully extending your knee, keeping your knee basically hinged the whole time. And that creates a level of dysfunction in your leg that then begins to lock up via your friend, the IT band. So what the IT band then does is like, oh, you don't wanna extend your knee all the way. I'm getting it. You're conditioning me to lock up your knee hinging. I got you. And it starts to actually lock up your entire knee hinging. And then now, guess what doesn't like that? Your butt doesn't like that. So for women, you guys get the hamstring glute area strain. So you'll get a hamstring strain right up underneath your booty. You'll be like a really pinned spot, or it'll be like right inside, like up in the inner thigh in your, in your business, is like I call it. Um, and the guys, instead, because of the difference in angle from the hip to the knee, from male to female, and our bodies and how they're built, the male will get it in the meat, in the mid part of their actual um, hamstring. I have a client who, to this day, no one's been as severely injured as him, although he doesn't beat me out. <laughs> but um, he actually, very he very much strained his hamstrings and then they recalcified and it looks like he has four mini tennis balls in the back of his leg. Um, they've since subsided since I started working with him and they're much more elongated now and there's still some, some um, bulk, bulk tissue, excuse me, bulk tissue in there, if you will, but it's much more leaned out now because I've, I've corrected him and corrected him and corrected him and reconditioned his mechanics and his legs. He also has long legs. So that happens to men. Men get it in the meat part. Women get it up underneath. Now I case studied hamstring strains for two years. Anytime I get an injury, that's just like way too many people like just too many people, too, too many times I'll start to case study it because it's like an epidemic to me. And when I case studied the hamstring strains, what I found was the majority of the hamstring strains come from people running on treadmills, one, women, number two, and people in ASICs, three. Those three things came up as a extreme common denominator and no matter what I studied, who I studied, where they were when they got injured, how they got injured, that's where it all stemmed from. Um, those three things are very, very dominant in it. So what I do say to do is run, if you have to run on a treadmill, because obviously you have to run on a treadmill when it's 185 degrees out or it's 125 below out. Um, and so, or it's not a safe area to run, what have you, there's things, life happens. I encourage you to run on hills. If you're running on an incline on the treadmill, you're gonna be forced 
to stay open. Your body's gonna be forced to stay open because you have to be open to eat a hill properly. Or you're going to overrun by small, small, small steps and you are overstepping, overrunning, and you're gonna get tired out. So this will also promote you opening up in a fashion that your glute really starts to fire and you get the full foot function, you get to really use your foot and extend your knee um, using an incline. But you wanna be on an incline that's legitimately an incline, guys, like not 3%, okay? You gotta come above that. So be conducive to you and what you can do and start out slow and, and move up a little bit. But the point is, is that you really want to create that new idea in running on a treadmill if and when you have to. Um, hopefully one day we'll all stop calling it the dreadmill, um, but that's why it's called that. A, it's boring, whatever. But more importantly, a lot of people get hurt on it. Um, also, holding on to the treadmill when you are running. I don't know who told anybody to ever do that, but I can't tell you how many people I know that have come to me and told me that that's how they run on a treadmill. If you run on a treadmill and you hold your hands there, what biomechanically happens when you're walking? Your upper body twists, right? Your arms swing, right? So if you're running, that's all, that's all uh, much, much more, much, much more. Everything is moving a lot more. So your body is now trying to run up. Your body is trying to run and you are holding your hand, you're holding the, you're locking yourself up onto the bars. So now you've locked up your T-spine and therefore your lumbar and your hip rotation. So, but your legs are still cooking, your legs are still going. So this is, when you lock up from the hips up and your legs are going, you lock your hips, you restrict your spine and you start seizing up pretty much every muscle from the hips up. So your QL, your erector spinae muscle, your psoas, and we're gonna do a whole podcast on the psoas because you guys don't even know where the psoas is and it's the majority of your issues, okay? Pick up and running fast with knee drives. Anything with a knee drive is a psoas. And the psoas is the only muscle that connects to your spine, your hip, and your femur. And it is the deepest muscle you can injure and it is the most severe muscle you can injure because of how many things it touches and where it touches those things. I digress. We all know at this point that I digress very easily. Um, so when you're holding on to that and you lock all those serious muscles up, you get a torn hip labrum. If anybody listening to this, you probably have heard of that, if not have had it. So the torn hip labrum is because your hips are not being able to move. Your sacrum isn't being able to move. So there's a lot of power going on from the legs, from the hips down and up top isn't allowing that mobility. Nothing is disconnected guys. We are one unit. We are one thing. We are one being, we are one big muscle that has different compartments, if you will. So like we have to let our entire body move. If we lock up our upper body on such a velocity that a treadmill gives us, you're literally asking for the biggest disaster at your hip level. So I can guarantee you an injury and in more than likely it will result in some type of a tear or a torn hip labrum, a torn hip labrum, a tear or a strain around that area. That is even worse than a hamstring strain. Now hamstring strains also guys, they don't, um, they don't, uh, 
take a little bit of time to fix. They're actually quite a long time to fix because it didn't happen overnight. It was something else that's dysfunctional that just overworked, overworked, overworked to the point of strain and now you're just annoyed. And it's also in a very sensitive area that is constantly in motion. So it's like when you hurt your thumb and you're like, why the hell does my thumb hurt so much? It's because you use your thumb for everything. It's, it's very different when you hurt something on your body that you don't, that you barely use or you barely touch or that's very different. Like a scratch on your stomach is not the same thing as the scratch on your finger. Like a paper cut continues through the roof. Like it's just the usage of it. So your hamstring is used all the time. Also, it's up top, up in your central system where the body cancels at zero at the hips and glutes. So everything in there is attached to everything you're doing, where your arms go, where your legs go, you twist in this way, you grab the phone, you move over here, you got down, you sit down, you stand up, like it's attached to everything. So you're never not using it. So you're gonna, whenever you're trying to treat a strain like that, it's gonna be really hard to not use it for it to heal, but use it also to correct. So give it, give it some time. Um, so the treadmill, creates that's the biggest issue that a treadmill actually creates and the i wanted to really go in on that a lot because hamstrings are huge and a lot of you guys are overworking them in a way that they shouldn't be worked to begin with and then you hop on a treadmill and it's all downhill from there now toe striking toe striking is really the majority of all running injuries comes from toe strikers sorry guys it just is um, I actually have been doing this for so many years. I'd be lying if I didn't say that every toe striker that comes to me ha comes to me telling me they were taught to run like that. No one naturally runs on their toes. Now, are there prancy people who naturally walk on their toes? Probably like 1% of the population does that. That's how very little of people that do that. But are there people that do that? Sure. But they also are prone for tight calves, shin problems, broken bones in their feet, broken or, or fractured fibulas, um, quad running, hip pain, hip impingement. These things are normal for, for people who walk on their toes. So if someone who walks on their toes has those, what do you think it's happening to a runner who runs on their toes for 26.2 miles? I'll wait while you try to figure that out. Okay, I'll do it. I can't wait. I'm so impatient. Um, they're breaking everything. They're breaking everything. Then they go ahead and they get a sneaker that actually promotes the toe striking. So then they not only promote the toe striking, so they enforce everything I just said to happen. At the same time, they're actually atrophying the rest of their foot. So then I get somebody saying, oh, I'm flat footed, so I have a problem. That's complete, that's complete bull. Flat feet actually have more meat to, to condition into a muscle than somebody like me who has you know, very nice arches. I'm a dancer, I've been a dancer forever, so I have good arched feet, you know? And so someone like me, I have strong feet because I've been using them my whole life, but I don't have as much meat as somebody that has a quote, flat foot. Like you were just born that way. That doesn't mean you're wrong. Like, I don't know where anybody got these ideas that, oh, you're high, you're, your arch is too high or your arch is too low. Who the hell are you? Like, what's your foot? What's wrong with your foot? What's wrong with you? Like, that's what, I, that's what I say to people. Who told you that? Like, who told you you were wrong because of how you were born? So because you were born that way, nothing, you can't do anything about it? Oh, that means you got to start spending money on orthotics and special sneakers. Oh, I get it. Negative. Absolutely not. You just need to learn how to use your body the way your body operates. And that's what we do here at Run Pain Free. And that's what I hope to give you and educate you. And that's also what the Run Pain Free Academy is for. 
So I would encourage you guys to take a look at that. Everything that I educate on and go through and give courses on I is in the Rum Pain Free Academy. It's an actual learning institution. It's very informative. It's also very interactive. So rumpainfreeacademy.com is something I would highly recommend you getting into if you really want to learn how to treat your body the way it needs to be treated. There's a baseline for human mechanics and then you're gonna learn how your body operates so that you can actually condition it properly for whatever you wanna do, especially running, any kind of sport. Um, I told you I can digress with the best of them. <laughs> so, um, so that's what happens with um, the treadmill also. The toe striking creates a plethora of, of running injuries. Um, then the no glute action. At this point, you should really know um, the glutes are the number one, the number one muscle that needs to be working on your run. And for the most part, the entire running community of professionals will agree that the glutes are the most important part. That's the only thing we agree on. Um, however, you cannot activate your glutes if your hamstrings are working dysfunctionally, what we already said that happens here in this, in a running format on the treadmill the hamstrings immediately start acting too much. If the hamstrings are acting up too much, the butt can't fire. If the hamstrings don't fully extend, the butt can't get the signal to fire. If your toe striking, you never hit your heel to go through your foot in order to, butt to get your glutes to fire. If, you're not, if your toe striking and you're hitting your toe, you're never extending your hamstring, and then that creates an issue for your glute to fire. If you're quad running, you have, the butt's not even a thought in the run. So the glute not acting and the glu no glute action on a treadmill is detrimental, detrimental to your run. No matter what is going on with anything or where you're running or how you're running, the number one thing that needs to be happening at all times, I don't care who the hell you are, is your glute has to be firing. If you have never felt your glutes on your run, you're doing something drastically wrong and you need to address it as soon as possible. Because running is fast walking and walking is something we all do as human beings. So everybody can run and everybody should run. The only reason you have problems running is because you got too many people in your ear telling you crap, one, Two, you're dysfunctional because all humans are. Take the time out to address your body, figure out how your body works, why it's not working, and then you can actually start to condition it for what you wanna do in a way that's painful. I'm sorry, not painful, pain-free. <laughs> so um, just thinking about those things makes me think of painfulness. So yes, in a way that's pain-free. That's how you want to actually address everything. Um, when your glutes aren't firing, now your hip locks up. So when your hip is locking up, which is kind of what happens when you, when you hold on, you purposefully lock up your hip. If you don't hold on and you're just running, because you're toe striking or you're not extending your hamstring and your glute isn't firing and you're quad running, you're actually locking up your hip because you're doing a repetitive action that's disallowing hip function back flexion and hip function. Like if you arch your back right now and then hunch your back, that's, that's back flexion, lumbar flexion, okay? That happens on your run. But if you're running with your toes, not extending your hamstrings, quad running, and no glute action, your hips are not functioning. There's no hip flexion. So there's no back flexion, and then you get back pain because you're locking up your hips. All of these things happen because you're running on a treadmill. 
unfortunately is just what happens. If the treadmills were twice as long, this may not be a problem, but then nobody would put them in their houses because they're not domestically friendly. So they've made these machines to be domestically friendly and they can fit in people's houses. Um, have you seen the new one that basically just slides up from underneath your bed and you flip up a little itty bitty bar and you just run on it? I mean, it's amazing, but it's nothing that I would suggest a runner to do um, that wants to run mileage because it's a very, very easy one to step off the belt, get tripped up, fall off of, and I, I'm sure everybody's had an incident on, on a treadmill. Um, I've seen hundreds of people fall off treadmills. Um, it's just what happens. Unfortunately, you don't, you're not paying attention and then that's it. And it's, it could be very bad. So, you know, un unfortunately, it's just what happens on the treadmill. But the best way to use a treadmill is to hill train on it because it's going to encourage you to keep your stride open. It's going to encourage you to use your glutes to fully extend your hamstring. And you can actually work on your form in a hill on the treadmill because you can bring down your speed. And when you're doing sufficient hills, like actual hills, guys, it translates into double flat. It translates into double flat mileage, not double flat training. Flat marathon training, flat run training is very different from running a hilly marathon. I will get into that into another episode, but not today. I'm specifically saying that running on a treadmill does cause a lot of harm, but the way you can eliminate or minimize those things is by running it on a hill because it's going to open you up. And then you can use those mileage as you got in. Say you have to do 10 miles that day. Say, okay, you have to do 10 miles that day. If you did 10 miles of hills on a treadmill solid, no breaks, that's equivalent to almost 15 miles equivalent to about 15 miles give it now not and I'm being general because it's very it could like say it, it depend on the speed your level what you can handle and the incline all that makes makes it different so like I when I program my runners runs I specifically program whether it's going to be flat run a combo of flat and hilly or a hilly run and when someone can only run hills or or is planned to do like a mountain run I take those that mileage and it equates to double flat. So there's a way to break that down, that's a science, but it's also very person specific. I really don't believe in generalizing things. I do sometimes to an extent just to help people, but really, it's really person by person, no matter what you do. Really things in this fashion of activity sense can't be generalized, it just can't. And I'm too driven on making sure people are healthy and pain-free and injury-free and aware of their bodies that I really can't do general stuff without getting like really bogged down and being like annoyed by it um, because it's just, you know, it's body specific, especially athletically. And we're very focused with athletes. And I, I've done a bunch of stuff that's generalized and boot camps and classes and all those things. But when it's athletics and athletes like this, it's very different. So, um, but I wanted to give you an option of how to run on a treadmill that's not going to harm you or harm you less. And that would be to run hills on the treadmill. And I would encourage you to not go, um, don't go all the way, you know, don't, don't do an incline at seven, eight percent and then drop it flat. I would encourage you to stay seven percent, go to five, go to 10, go to 11, go to five, go to seven, go to 11, back to five. Like I would tell you to keep it above five no matter what you do and give yourself a really good leg workout. Like running hills is no joke. 
Um, I started running in the Bronx and the Bronx, South Bronx is nothing but long extended hills, long hills. Hills you think are not gonna last, for, they're gonna last forever and like they're never gonna end. And I had never ran more than seven miles when I first started running. And my boyfriend said, I want you to run from Battery Park City to Harlem and I'm gonna skate next to you. And I was like, um, how far is that? Because I can't do more than seven miles. I've only ran seven miles. He was like, well, let's give it a chance. And that's, it was about 13 miles that we wound up doing total. And I had absolutely no problem because I ran hills. So hills really does equate <clears throat> to distance in terms of mileage. It's not the same as training for a flat run, but it does equate to distance and mileage and you being able to sustain that mileage. That's really what I mean by that. I hope that's clear. Of course, please message me if it's not clear and you need more information. That's, I just wanted to give you that example to give you an idea of what I mean. So that's what treadmill running could do to you guys. It can make you go into toes, make you have a lack of hamstring extension. It lacks your glute action. You go into your quad running, you get an overuse of your hamstring in a dysfunctional manner for running. You lock up your hips and then you have back pain. It can result in torn hip labrums. It can result in upper hamstring strains for, for women up underneath the glute or very meaty hamstring strains for guys. Um, and I'm gonna give you a last tidbit. Your hamstrings are your Achilles. Your hamstrings are your Achilles. So if your hamstrings are strained, next is your calf and next is your Achilles. And the, way, the reason I say your calf is because your hamstrings insert to your calf and then go behind your calf and create your Achilles, which then attaches to your heel. So you have a direct muscular connection from the base of your heel to the top of your booty, top of your leg underneath your booty. You have a direct muscular connection. So if your hamstring is jacked up, it's just pulling everything from the down, it's pulling on everything down from the heel all the way up, the whole thing up and down is pulling. So it's really something to pay attention to. It is the number one injury on a treadmill is your hamstring. All these other things are results of that, but the number one injury on a, on a treadmill is your hamstring. And the hamstring is a very significant muscle for you to be able to use your legs, use your joints properly, um, hinge and flex your joints properly, and be able to sustain a run. Um, so it's very important that you understand what the treadmill does and how to work around what the treadmill is trying to be for you. It's like the indoor running that it needs, I get it. But there's a way to work around it so that you can kind of minimize that strain. And I hope that this helped you guys out. I hope that I made you have a better understanding of how the muscles work in different capacities and things that can actually change how you're running. Um, so it's not free running when you're on a treadmill. It's just not. So you need to go into it with a better idea. And a lot of you probably called the treadmill because you probably felt pain on it while you were running and were like, nah, I don't like to do it. But hopefully this gave you some insight as to why you might've been feeling pain and you can take some better precautions now leading up to a treadmill run so you don't miss your runs, get behind on your running schedule and also don't get hurt. Make sure as always to foam roll pre and post any and all runs and activities. And that will always ensure you with limited injury at the very, very, very least. And as always, I love to help you and I love to hear from you. So please message us, message me, post this, share this, ask questions. If I didn't have anything that was clear, please by all means 
message us and ask me to clear it up. I live to clear things up. Um, and if you have any things you want me to talk about, uh, send that in as well. Jessica at runpainfreenow.com. You can message us at runpainfreenow.com. Facebook is Run Pain Free Now. Instagram is Run Pain Free. And I will see you all out there. Have an awesome day, guys. You're listening to the Run Pain Free Podcast, the authority in injury prevention and correction for runners. With running and athletic functional movement expert, Jessica Marie Rose Leggio.